Hello and welcome to an ensemble wrap-up of Hollywood Chop Shop. Today we're wrapping up our ensemble trilogy. It was a little redundant, but so be it. Um, <laughs> it consists of 2014's The Grand Budapest Hotel, 2021's The Suicide Squad, and 1988's Young Guns. Um, so with this trilogy, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to make sure that we are covering more genres and even time periods as we continue to do these trilogies. Um, just to make sure that as we're doing these wrap-ups, there's maybe a little bit more interesting dialogue. Um, I think the last wrap-up we did was, well, mainly because I think we fucked up and we <laughs> we didn't actually <laughs> pick crossover movies. So it was harder to, to kind of link them together. But um, I thought we did a pretty solid job at creating, you know, three movies that would, that would create some good conversation here. So... Travis, I don't know, you know, uh, do you want to go ahead and give like the, you know, first first thoughts on, on this trilogy? Absolutely. And even before I covered the trilogies, I, you know, just to talk shop a little bit. Um, yeah, the, the last trilogy, it, it's a tightrope to walk because you don't want to be so prepared about these movies that it doesn't feel like a conversation between friends anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but at the same time, there's a certain level of preparedness that would potentially allow us to avoid doing a trilogy that doesn't really tie in together. But I think that's part of the charm. Uh, but like you said, this trilogy, I think we'll have a lot to talk about because they tie nicely together. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed doing the trilogy. I, I think there's a lot of talking points to tie the three together. Is there any place in particular that you wanted to start with that? Well, let's start here. What do you think of the three movies? What do you think they did well? And then we'll go and kind of see what we think uh, ones didn't do so well. So I'll, I'll kind of start it off just to, you know, hopefully give an example. Like, I think... One of the things that Grand Budapest, because they're all ensemble movies, I think what Grand Budapest Hotel did probably better than the others is it really focused on the relationship between two characters and then everybody else within the movie was supporting that relationship, how those characters grew, and then ultimately helping to define the rest of the events of the movie. Um, I think Suicide Squad also did a, a pretty decent job with that. You you definitely had your your titlier character, your main characters. Um, you know, were you with, trying to say titillating? Yeah, exa no, that's not what I was trying to say at all. Um, you know, I mean, I'll flub <laughs> I'll flub my words pretty hard here, but um, you know, I think with with Bloodsport, um, I think he was definitely your you know your main character you wanted to focus on. I think that even that movie could have pushed allowing the other characters to help develop Bloodsport more. Um, I think we talked about that in the in the you know the Suicide Squad podcast that ultimately I thought Bloodsport's decision to go back and fight the city should have been more tied to Ratcatcher 2 doing it and him you know finally deciding that he wanted to be more of a father figure or you know pr protect those who are close to him. And I thought that was somewhat of a missed opportunity there but and then Harley Quinn still felt a little forced but ultimately I I, th I thought that you know James Gunn did a pretty decent job with the Suicide Squad kind of focusing on certain characters and, and themes whereas Young Guns also focused on one character but I thought you chose the wrong character to focus on because even that movie although it is an ensemble it really was more the story of Billy the Kid who unfortunately the way he was portrayed and used was was very lackluster and now it's a movie where 
the supporting characters did not help elevate that character at all. In fact, as you said in the episode, it almost a lot of their decisions to follow Billy didn't make sense based off his actions and what he was doing in the movie. And it's very interesting. Um, you you literally broke it down in the order that we reviewed them, and it made me think if we reviewed these movies in different orders because we just so happened to review them and it was diminishing returns as far as character. Grand Budapest Hotel, again, we started this uh, with an ensemble in mind. And while there was an ensemble, it was mainly two characters that you cared about. And Wes Anderson did a great job of making you care. Like I, those characters felt 3D and their motivations felt natural. Then you move on to Suicide Squad. Even though it's a newer movie, it's a different kind of movie, so character is less important. But like you said, they they somehow make you care about Bloodsport. They even make you care about the villain with just a throwaway line at the end. And then by the time you get to Young Guns, it's just any semblance of character is almost lost. So it, it would be interesting if we reviewed them in reverse order. Would we have a higher opinion of Young Guns and Sui uh, The Suicide Squad? So I think that's an interesting question to ask. Absolutely. And what I think is also interesting about this is just by chance, it was not by intention at all, all three of our ensemble movies follow a group of undesirable characters, like what you would say, kind of social assholes. Yeah, you know, to, even though, you know, Ray Fiennes as, um, was it Gustavo? Well, what? Gustav. 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 Um, he's still kind of a piece of shit. You know, he, he takes advantage of, you know, older women who are wealthy with self-esteem issues and stuff like that, even though he is this world-class concierge. It's like, at the end of the day, his motivations, I think it sums up great when he talks about, like, comparing the women to, you know, lesser cuts of meat, but that's okay because he likes those. Like, it's at a, at a certain point where, like, none of these, you know, primary characters are great characters, but they're all, to a certain extent, redeemable and that's where I think Young Guns just drops off is at no point do they make Billy the Kid a redeemable character. He is just a loose cannon with a bloodlust, with a very loose justification for his acts of murder, a.k.a. vengeance. Yeah, 100%. It, it goes back to making a character three-dimensional um, because if you had had the charm of Gustav with Billy the Kid... Young Guns is a way better movie, but mm. it, again, it just portrays the bloodlust and the, ooh, he's, he's supposed to be childlike, and those are the only notes that I think Emilio Estevez got as far as how to portray that performance. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I mean, outside of that, I, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, from, from a scale of best to worst, what these movies did, um, you know, we talked about it a little bit, Grand Budapest Hotel and Suicide Squad make you care about the characters, like what actually happens to them. And Suicide Squad, again, going into it was one of those like in the first 15 or, you know, five to 15 minutes, you realize that pretty much everyone is expendable. Like there is actual in a superhero movie. James Gunn does a great job at actually creating like tension. And you're like, oh, there's actually stakes to this, which is, you know, again, refreshing in the superhero genre, because so often it's basically, you know, like okay, no one's going to die or, you know, classic comic book, you know, ideology and all that. No one stays dead. Like, even if you want to go back to, you know, Captain America, you know, the first Avenger, like, Bucky dies when he falls off the train. 
only to resurface in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Like, no one winds up staying dead. Even now, with Tony Stark being dead, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they bring back Tony Stark as an AI or Like, you know, it's just, there's always something to bring back those characters. Whereas the Suicide Squad is like, oh no, like, it's, someone gets smashed, like, blown up, shot in the head. Like, no, these, these characters are dead. Like, anybody that you be, had any form of attachment to is on the chopping block. And by the end of the movie... Several of them are lost, you know? Well, it's interesting you say that um, because as much as I want that to be true, if there is a Suicide Squad sequel, which uh, from what I'm hearing since our review of it, financially did not do well. So I don't know that there will be another one, but someone pointed out, Polka Dot Man, you don't see a body and apparently one of the abilities of his polka dots, if you go by comic lore, is he can transport himself, much like the video game Portal. He can open up a, a polka dot mm. and move through it. So even even though you say that, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Polka Dot Man again if James Gunn continues that franchise. So, I, my hope is that doesn't happen because it really – it's one of those where like now if you ever go back and watch the movie, it's going – to have less yes. impact like it's one of the yeah you where you retcon it into a worse movie right and i really hope that james gunn has the good sense to realize because i think that's what is lost in movie making today to, to a large extent is it's all just based around your box office uh you know in your opening couple of weeks and People are so willing to go back and, and retcon stuff that, yeah, it, it devalues previous entries. And I think it's important not to do that because if if we still want it to be cinema and we still want it to last, you have to take care with how you change the movie by making future installments. So I agree. I hope James Gunn, no pun intended, sticks to his guns and Polka Dot Man stays dead because that's a lot of what – separate Suicide Squad from every other comic book movie, as you said. Yeah. What will be interesting to see is... Because we're in this weird phase with the simultaneous release on streaming and online. So as you were saying about the budget, it looks like the estimated budget for the Suicide Squad was $185 million. And basically what it has brought in so far, gross worldwide, is about $80 million. So it's about $105 million shy. The question is how much of that was, A, we're still going through a pandemic right now, so I don't know how many people are eager to get back to the theater, but also the cannibaliz or cannibalization, there we go, of essentially what these studios are doing. Um, I think a lot of them just recently this week, particularly like Disney, and it might have also been Warner Brothers, I can't remember who the other studio was, but has agreed to have, I think it is a 40, is it a 90-day or 45-day um, delay in releases. So there's not going to be a lot of the simultaneous releases anymore. Instead, they're going to give theaters, I think it's at least 45 days. 90 days I seems I think it is 45. Yeah, yeah 90 they, seems excessive. They really shortened it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's basically they're giving, like as you were pointing out, they're giving them their opening weekend to make their money. And then shortly, you know, within a month, month and a half of the releases, that's when they're going to start dropping stuff on streaming. So... You know, obviously they were testing the waters with a lot of this stuff. We'll see what happens. I definitely think Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit has, you know, created some of the, you know, 
trying to, to to reconcile the how they're you know releasing these movies and stuff like that and even then it, it might wind up being that you know it's only these movies that they're expecting to be blockbusters but you're still going to see stuff like no sudden move where they'll you know put that direct to uh theater and stream at the same time so we'll see what exactly happens with that um my thought with you know again the budgeting of the suicide squad i i think it has been at least a a critic and audience success so i would hope that that carries some weight if they decide to make a sequel with that you know again ironically we talk about how much we didn't like young guns or at least i did i think you you still held on to you enjoyed the movie you liked it i was more on the you know if you know teetering towards the side of like i wasn't a huge fan of this movie um but it's one of those things where like it did get a sequel you know that is true that is true but you have to look at the profit margin as well yeah, it because, did yeah it did make money <laughs> yeah and, and the suicide squad from what i hear is not even the most streamed hbo max uh day and date release I, I think mortal kombat still beat it now i think mortal kombat was earlier in the cycle so maybe there was some novelty there mm-hmm. like ooh, i'm, I'm kind of cheating the system and maybe that's worn off but i thought it was interesting that something like the suicide squad with james gunn and dc and you know he's still carrying some of that marvel prestige with him and it couldn't beat mortal Kombat. that concerns me well but even to your point you know looking at what happened that was still at the very beginning of like them releasing big movies again so i think there was still probably a lot of reservation about going to movie theater so you still had there was the novelty of like as you were saying like ooh, i'm getting to see you know a, a brand new movie and i don't have to pay for it but in addition to that there were still a lot of people, I don't know what vaccination rates were at that time. There were people that were still not going to go out in public and, and see a movie like that. So true. there's true. There's a lot of variables to compare the two that I, I think have to be assessed when you're looking at that as, as we, again, continue to look at what's going to happen with this new environment of, you know, because funny i mean netflix has been doing that shit for years where they made a movie and just released it i mean because that was the first thing that theaters had you know went up and 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 threw their hands up was that netflix was creating basically full-length you know feature films and releasing it directly to their platform now netflix is yet to get i think the quality and caliber of a lot of these mainstream mainstream movies but at the same time they just signed ryan johnson to create knives out two and knives out three so the we'll see i, I think the environment is going to continue to change a lot yeah that's a great point it, it you know not not to complain this is not a complaint at all but it is challenging to do a movie podcast especially when we talk about numbers when to your point you know mortal Kombat came out what three four months ago and it feels like a lifetime ago as far as the developments in the world and then as a byproduct of that you know the business of movies so you're right uh we're probably still another six months to a year from knowing what this is going to look like at all yeah there's a lot of actuaries trying to figure this out and they still don't have an answer so i'm gonna i'm gonna let the money men decide what they're gonna do (laughs) with it very very true (laughs) um but you know obviously that was you know always like having conversations about the industry as a whole that's kind of what the wrap-up show is about but um to kind of bring it back what i also thought was interesting about these three movies and looking at them is i think a large portion of young guns and my dislike for it is going into the movie with a little bit of a you know preconceived notion as to what it is almost like 
going back to the previous trilogy, you know, the the crossover or double cross movie that double crosses didn't happen because I just assumed based off of marketing <laughs> and, you know, previous knowledge what I thought was going to happen. So, you know, I took a look back, you know, at the at the posters for these movies and some of their alternate po- posters. And ultimately, like I look at something like the Grand Budapest Hotel and I'm like, you can tell by its poster. OK, this is going to be kind of an, an art house film, like an artsy fartsy, you know, a Wes Anderson film just off of the poster. When I look at the suicide poster, you know, it has its modern version, which is very looks like superhero action movie, but it also has a really awesome alternate poster that is very reminiscent of like 70s action movies. And even to that point, I don't think that the Suicide Squad was necessarily, I thought it was more reminiscent to the 80s, but at that same time, it still had kind of a classical action movie feel to it. So, and that was yeah, the, the poster. Dirty dozen. Yeah, that was the poster that I had seen and kind of attached my, you know, preconceived you know, opinion of what the movie was going to be was, you know, that kind of throwback 70s. Whereas when I look at the Young Guns posters, all of them look like these are going to be law-abiding lawmen bringing in ruffians. Not what we got with that movie, because again, Billy the Kid is—he's portrayed as basically a a a thug and a thief and a and a murderer who got deputized on kind of accident. Like it was like, okay, I guess we'll do this because we don't have the men to go hunt down these these other outlaws. But like every time I look at the the promotional material for Young Guns, I do not think that the movie we got was the movie that was going to come after that. Again, it looks more like a a young tombstone. Like, these are all going to be, like, straight shooters. A bunch of, you know, real, you know, straight-laced guys. And, like, it's not. They are a group of bandits led by, at one point, kind of an unhinged leader I don't even know if I would call Dick unhinged. He was just kind of lame, a piece of shit. But yeah, again, just looking at the the marketing for all that, I I definitely think Young Guns going into it. If you look at like the thumbnails or the the box art or anything like that for the DVDs, like it is not the movie I thought I was going to get. Looking at all of that, yeah, and I think Young Guns Two is the movie that you that ultimately they wanted to make with young guns one. I I did not know the, the tidbit you mentioned about Sean Penn being the first choice to play Billy the kid. I I think, I I wonder if they stumbled into something by getting their second and third choices for people to, again, we mentioned in the review to make the rat pack Western. And then I think they were surprised with the success. And then the second movie is just MTV Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell in the first movie, just by the nature of the cast that they got, that it was it, it, it didn't jive with the script that they had written because they had it in mind for a, a more serious group of actors. So I'm wondering how much was changed after, you know, Emilio Estevez and, and the rest of the Brad Pack were cast. So if Sean Penn had starred in, the, in Young Guns, he would have been 28 years old. At the time of that, I want to see how old Emilio Estevez was, because, again, the irony of Young Guns is all of them were supposed to be about 18 or 20 years old. And a lot of them, even Tunstall was supposed to be like a 24 year old man, and they made him into an old, you know, um, an old English man, the father figure. Yeah. Uh, Emilio Estevez was 26 when uh, Young Guns was made. Okay, so. 
I was just trying to figure out what shot was Sean Penn ever part of the Brat Pack, and I, you know, it goes back to I'm just wondering like, was this movie originally supposed to be a Brat Pack movie, or was it at a certain point like that's it became that, and then because of those performances, like the overall tone and sh- the movie changed because of that. Uh, I, I I don't think Sean Penn was ever part of the Brat Pack. I think Sean Penn uh, always, basically post Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He he aimed to be out of the Brat Pack demographic mm-hmm. by the choices that he made. So I think he was taken a little more seriously as an actor than the rest of the Brat Pack. Yeah, because I was trying to think of like what other westerns like Tombstone, which is like a quintessential like modern western. Like it came out in '93, so even Tombstone was five years after this movie came out. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. I don't think there's much of a separation between Young Guns and Tombstone and quality. I think Tombstone suffers from a lot of problems, but mm-hmm. we know when you've got Val Kilmer delivering an iconic performance and you've got Kurt Russell and you've got Michael Bean. Huckleberry. Yeah, it, it covers <laughs> a lot of those warts, but don't romanticize Tombstone too much because it 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 had some behind-the-scenes issues that uh, – really hurt the quality of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me ask you, did you do any character swap for this trilogy? Because I did, but it, I feel like it kind of breaks the rules, but it fits into what we're talking about a little bit. So I wanted to at least bring it up and see if you had one. I, I do. I want you to go first. I want to hear yours, though, especially knowing that it, it might break the how how this works. So I think... By definition, character swap, we've always swapped characters slash actors that performed in the movies. I'm doing it a little bit differently this week. I want to know what Wes Anderson looks like directing Young Guns. Oh. Because I think it solves some of the problems that we have. And I think it would be a complete, not a completely different movie, but it would be a wildly different movie. But I still I think he could improve it because my problem with Wes Anderson has always been he's a little too quirky. He's a little too art house. I don't ever feel like any of his characters are real. Mm -hmm. And the Grand Budapest Hotel changed that for me, uh, as we talked about in the review, uh, because the relationship between uh, Gustav and Zero, I was like, wow, I was blown away by that. If he could take that sensibility along with his quirkiness and direct young guns, I I just wonder what that movie would be. Because now that he's shown me he can establish characters caring about one another without it beating you over the head with it, I think you could apply a lot to young guns. And man, it would be a a strange and wild and and better movie. Um, I've got some more thoughts, but I... Now that I've given you that general premise, do you have any thoughts? I mean, I like that idea. I think it would still wind up being quirky, but I think he could at least at a bare minimum get like the character development, which the movie lacked. Like, I think he still would have the weird peyote dream sequence, but it would actually feel like a dream sequence. It wouldn't feel like, oh, we just watched a bunch of cowboys get high. Like they get high and then the next sequence is them basically coming off of getting high. Like you never actually see the dream sequence. So I could definitely see Wes Anderson having more fun with that. And like they would actually explore kind of their their subconscious and figure out what they really wanted and stuff like that. I think that's I mean, that's a really interesting concept is to switch the director well and as you pointed out too with gustav 
Gustav, much like Billy the Kid, they have some of the self-absorbed traits, the same traits, but Gustav comes off as warm and charming, and if it were Gustav in charge of the regulators, even if he seemed a little unhinged, I would get that warmth, and I would believe, you know, Chavez y Chavez, hey, you know what, I'm going to kind of indirectly turn my back on the history of my people to follow this guy. I would believe Chavez y Chavez would do it more so if it was a Gustav-style warmness there to Billy the Kid instead of just a complete immature psychopath. And I think mm. Wes Anderson could really work that angle to make Billy the Kid quirky and insane, but still lovable. No, I like that. That's, I mean, it's one of those things I would love to see that movie. And, and legitimately... As I was thinking about it, I hope before it's all said and done, Wes Anderson decides to do a Western because I think his his talent with ensembles and even period pieces, because he's done a couple of period movies. Mm -hmm. I, I think he could nail it. So I hope we get that before it's all said and done. No, that would be fantastic. Um, uh, what, what about you? So mine was similar, but slightly different. What I wanted to do is to simply or is to essentially swap out Tunstall with M. Gustav. So, I love, dude, I thought about that too. I love it. Go ahead. So I want, I think M. Gustav, because of the way he interacts, and again, he's kind of a rough character, but there's a little bit of a finesse, you know, to him, a civility. I think if you put him in the role of Tunstall, it explains kind of how a lot of the, you know, the regulators, the boys wind up still being somewhat immature in their in their thought process and a little, you know, uh, hotheads and, you know, off off the cuff type stuff. Um, because, again, he never although he might be educating them, he's still they're still emulating that personality trait from him. So they never really get past that. So, again, all of them being kind of hotheads makes sense because they're, you know, a central father figure still winds up being a little bit of a hothead. I'd love to see M. Gustav basically go up against Murphy. Like when they they have the, the party at, in the town, like I would love instead of just like, you know, Tunstall being this very soft spoken man, I would love to see Gustav just be like, don't touch my regulators. And he winds up like just fucking, you know, getting into a fight <laughs> with, you know, the uh, Murphy and his crew, as opposed to Tunstall letting his boys do his dirty work for him. Like you could see Gustav getting into the middle of it. Even Gustav, like, him him going back and forth with Murphy at the ranch as Murphy's basically saying, like, you need to get out of town. Um, Gustav definitely also has that he's not going to back down mentality. So, like, with him saying, like, he's not going to leave, like, it makes sense with a Gustav-type character that, you know, it you could stand him up at the gates of hell, but he's not going to back down, you know? Um, so that would be my character swap. Is I just think putting Gustav in the role of, of Tunstall, or even if it's just, you know, um, Ray Fiennes, acting being Tunstall as but acting as he did with right. Gustav I think it just really enhances it makes more sense the boys relationship with him and then in addition to that kind of their character traits not them all still kind of being you know again young hotheads is because essentially their father figure has that same trait so that would be my character swap is to essentially put in Gustav instead of Tunstall I love that because it solves one of the biggest problems about young guns. And we mentioned it on the review. They rush through that 
that first act where we really need to understand why the kids love Tunstall so much and why Tunstall loves them so much. And as much as I even love Terrence Stamp and his performance, there's nothing wrong with the performance, but Tunstall doesn't feel like a real guy because like he seems to be one part pacifist, mm-hmm. but one part defiant and it doesn't make any sense. But yet Gustav, if you give that same description to Gustav, it's accurate, but it feels like a real person. Like he's not violent, but he is also not one to, if he does not agree with a situation, he's going to let you know about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, God, I, I just, again, I want to see that movie. I would love to see that background of Gustav given to Tunstall and it just meant, yeah, the first act would be so much better set up that way in the second and third act, even the mistakes that the movie makes, you can kind of forgive them a little bit more because you have that warm performance at the beginning. Well, and then, you know, even cause he's such a great performance. You don't want to see him die in the first, you know, 25 minutes or I don't even remember when he dies. Cause that, I honestly thought young guns was another one of those movies. It was a hundred, <laughs> it was an hour and 47 minutes and I thought it was too long or was it? Yeah. Something like that. Um, but you could do the your your uh, teenage mutant mutant ninja turtles like you know uh, Gustav in the fire scene, Tunstall in the fire scene when they all get high and they're doing their vision. Like as we talked about, like each one of them, what they thought you know Tunstall wanted in the long run. Each one of them could have to have their peyote experience with their perception of who Tunstall or in this case Gustav is. So they all have to come to terms with his death on their own. Their, their own ground and then that allows them to unite and then go and you know ultimately seek revenge now granted i realize young guns is supposed to be loosely based on historical events but let's just fucking throw that out and make a good movie you know Let, let's yes. not anchor ourselves to trying to somewhat you know accurately depict the the history of it let's just actually make a good ensemble movie uh, set in the west about a group of young boys who lost their father figure to uh you know gang wars yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, that's, I, I, again, I don't know why young guns felt the need to adhere to history at points to the detriment of a coherent, good movie. Well, you know, because there's such a big history buff audience out there that they were trying to cater to, you know, everybody wanted, like, nobody was really looking for a Western movie, but the minute you made it a historically somewhat accurate Western movie, now all of a sudden you have all the history buffs that are like, I have to go see this, you know, Hollywood's always done such a good job of depicting history. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm just eagerly awaiting the next uh, Civil War accurate period piece. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, I think we have, you know, ultimately kind of, I guess it's one segment that's kind of broken into pieces. So if you were to rank these, Travis, let's do it by your what you thought was the best movie. And then we'll follow it up with what you thought was your favorite movies. Um, so we'll, we'll start with, you know objectively speaking what do you think was the best movie of grand budapest hotel suicides the suicide squad and young guns ranking them one being the best three being the worst well i this will be pretty efficient because in this case my favorites and the best i feel are the same Mm -hmm. um so number one i don't think there's any doubt it's grand budapest hotel yep um it as I said on the review, I think it's now my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Um, I think 
the few complaints I had about him, he, he proved me wrong with this movie. Um, and yeah, it's just so fun. And I mean, Ray Fiennes, if Ray Fiennes is on the screen, it's going to be an enjoyable moment in that movie. And the good news is Ray Fiennes is almost always on the screen. So I, I don't think there's any doubt. It's a little bit less of an ensemble, uh, by true definition. Uh, but there are tons of supporting actors that are great in it, as you would expect. Uh, number two and number three, I think there's a, there's Grand Budapest Hotel and then there's a wide gulf, but I think two and three are close to interchangeable for me. But I'm going to give the slight nod to Suicide Squad um, just because it. if I were to stop both Young Guns and Suicide Squad at the two-thirds mark, I it would be one – or it, I guess it would be two and, and two A in terms of what I like. I think mm-hmm. Young Guns botches the ending to such a degree and James Gunn is able to give me some pathos and some character even in the third act. Um. So, yeah, Suicide Squad moves in front of it. Um, and then, obviously, Young Guns bring it up the rear. I didn't hate Young Guns as much as you. Uh, I still thought there was a lot to love. But it's all about, like I said, the taste that the movie leaves in your mouth when you walk out of it. And it was not a good one. So that, that's my rankings, both objectively and subjectively. Excellent. Well, I am I am actually the same. I have the same order. Grand, I think, objectively and subjectively, Grand Budapest Hotel was my favorite. The Suicide Squad... I don't think was there was as wide a gulf between the Suicide Squad and Grand Budapest Hotel. I think you know Grand Budapest Hotel just in a you know visionary wise, I think is much better. I you know the character development, the quirkiness, you know I think the pacing of Grand Budapest Hotel is is much better. I think Suicide Squad did have a couple weird pacing issues, especially when you had to kind of inject Harley Quinn into it, where it's like again it felt like. The studio says this needs to be here, so we're going to put this in. But, like, it doesn't make the natural flow of where I think that movie should be going. And then there's a much wider gulf for me between Suicide Squad and Young Guns um, in terms of, of what I thought was subjectively and objectively the the better movie. But um, total in total agreements, to your point, I think it is interesting that we we started with a high and then basically just kind of continued to kind of go down that slope. So um, it would have been interesting had we seen these movies in a different order, had would our perceptions of them be a little bit different, but at the end of the day, ultimately that's where it's at. So, but, and and very quickly uh, before we kind of close this out, I forgot to mention somehow uh, that technically per IMDb, there is a young guns three in development. Oh, directed my. by Emilio Estevez. Oh Lord! So uh, yeah, I, I, if that if that comes to pass, the Hollywood Chop Shop, Brett, I insist that we review it. I I mean, yeah, we we can do that. It's it's going to be one of those. <laughs> Obviously, it can't be him directing and starring because there's no way you're going to call like Billy the Kid died at like twenty six or 27 years old so i I, amelia estevez baby faced as he is i I don't think can pull off that unless they're going to use some weird ai like you know technology to make him look younger yeah i i hope that he attempts to star in it and yeah we we can he's he's gonna pull a, a quentin tarantino where it's an alternate timeline where billy the kid didn't die at a young age she became billy the man Ooh, I guess, yeah, I forgot you haven't seen Young Guns 2, Brett. That kind of might have already happened. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would have to if we're doing Young Guns 2, 3, yeah. 
yeah, the opening of Young Guns 2 is a guy with a different name that is clearly Billy the Kid telling a story <laughs> in a bar about oh. Oh, his, yeah, okay. I, Fair yeah enough. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, loose retellings of history. That's what I like. Um, so we'll jump into our last segment here where I'm going to ask you, Travis, we're going to do, according to Rotten Tomatoes, that's what we use as our, our data point here, I want you to tell me where you think these movies ranked first on the critic scale and then on the audience score. So telling me, you know, number one is the movie you think was rated the highest via critics and then going down to what you think is rigged the lowest via critics. Okay. Uh, clearly, Grand Budapest Hotel is going to be number one. Okay. What do you think that comes in at? I'm, I'm going to go incredibly high because I think, feel like even if people don't like Wes Anderson, there's a certain pressure to give it a positive review. So I'm going to say 92%. Fucking nailed it. 92% with, really? three, yeah, okay. with 310 reviews. It is, it is at a 92%. I promise you, I did not even look that up. Hey. Um, even Ooh, a clock, that's... even a, a a dead clock is right twice a day, right? Is this that something <laughs> like fair. that? Uh, man, I I think suicide. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Suicide Squad is second, but I believe it's gonna be close. Um, I'm gonna say Suicide Squad sixty seven percent. Suicide Squad is the next movie via critics hovering at a 91% approval what? rating with 300 with 304 reviews. So it has almost the same number of reviews as the Grand Budapest Hotel. Critics know were a big fan Tomatoes, of the Suicide Squad. I know Rotten Tomatoes is pass or fail, so some of the the 91% is not the same as Grand Budapest Hotel, but that surprises me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm very worried about Young Guns now. <laughs> All right. Well, you know Young Guns takes up the rear. What do you think? I will tell you this. It uh, only has 37 reviews, so it doesn't have quite the breadth of, of critics that the okay. other two did. But what do you think Young Guns comes in at? It got a fucking sequel, but I know the sequel's more based on audience score. I'm going to... 51%. I, I have to believe that more people liked this movie than disliked Young Guns. This movie was a certified splat at 41%. Uh, <laughs> I think, I again, I think, man, the, the taste that the movie leaves in your mouth as you leave it plays a big part because this is not a 41. Young Guns is not a 41% movie. It's like a 70% movie through two thirds and then like a 5% movie in the last act. So I guess that leads so, you to 41%. So the critic consensus in one sentence is young guns rounds up a posse of attractive young leads. But this cheerfully shallow brat pack Western ultimately has too much hat and not enough cattle. I don't know what that means, but. 
Sure. I'm I'm sure they had to look up Western slogans that they could try and shoehorn into this, much like my uh, my tagline for the movie. The six shooters. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move on to audience scores. Where do you think the audience fell with these three movies? Uh, I'm assuming the same order. The final answer. Final answer. You are correct. Do you want to try and guess percentages? Uh, if I'm honest, no, because who knows what the fuck the audience likes. We got a Young Guns 2, for God's sake. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, I'm going to say slightly lower. I'll say 88%. All right, 86. And it had... Okay. 50,000 plus ratings. So pretty pretty substantial ratings from the from the audience. Do you want to guess what Suicide Squad was? I'll so, I'll go with an even 80. Okay, was it 83? So so far you've missed both by 3%. So or you said 89 for Grand Budapest, or you say 88? Okay, I think you said 88. Never mind. Fuck my math. I'm not an actuary. <laughs> um, that was with only 200 or 2,500 verified reviews. So not as many people have reviewed The Suicide Squad, which I find interesting. Now, Young Guns also has 50,000 plus ratings. Again, I find it surprising that Young Guns has more rating. I know it's been around longer, but I still think it's interesting it has more than The Suicide Squad. Where do you think it's at? Critics gave it a 41%. Not a fan. Big ol' splat. I, I think the audience score is going to be much higher because I think a lot of the people, I mentioned it on the review, that went to see this were people, young people that wanted to see Hollywood's young leading men in a Western, and that's all they cared about. So I'm going to say, you know what, let's go with a nice score of 69%. Hmm. I see what you did there. Uh, 76, 76 percent okay. of audience enjoyed this movie. So I was, I'm in the minority for Young Guns. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a reason I got a sequel, Brett. Yep. Um, and, and there's a reason it might be a trilogy before it's all said oof. and done. Oof. <laughs> Are they gonna bring Charlie Sheen back from the dead? Is it gonna be like an undead nightmare type thing? They have to go and hunt down like the zombies of everybody. Be weird. I, I just want them to bring Charlie Sheen back and keep the the anti-drug motif that that Dick had in, in Young Guns. Because I, I, I just again, I could not get over the meta element of Charlie Sheen being the straight shooter. You know, I, I don't do drugs. I'm trying to think he needs to have an identical twin brother that we didn't know about. Um, so he was Richard Brewer. Um I don't know what hit. Maybe Bear Bear Brewer. Bear's a good Western name, and then it, it almost like sounds that. like Bear Brewer. Bear Brewer, his his long lost twin brother, who has to come and avenge him. And you know what? We did not mention in Young Guns because you you just mentioned twin brother, but for Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen to be brothers, they have no chemistry in Young Guns. None. None I know whatsoever. they're not supposed to, but you would think just by fact that they grew up together that they would be able to make that more than it was on the page and they absolutely did not mm -hmm. one thing i forgot to bring up and i just want to bring it up now in young guns was it implied or am i just pulling like looking between the lines where i shouldn't that when charlie goes and needs all the money to visit the prostitute and he just wants to be held are we implying that that's like his mom or something like that because like i wasn't quite sure what because i think shortly after is when he gets married um but I was like, is is it? No. Okay. I 
there was a dropped line in there, blink if you miss it, but the woman says something about, you know, when when I'm somebody's first, they always come back. So I thought it was he lost his virginity to that prostitute at some point, and he thought he was going to die. So, like, that was the only woman he had been with. So he just wanted her comfort because he was somewhat familiar with her. I thought it was just supposed to be, like, she's a loose lady. Like, she's, I mean, she's a prostitute. Like, she didn't wreck, like... I was honestly expecting, I don't know why, but some character development there where it was going to be like Charlie felt like he was, you know, again, orphaned by this woman or something like that. And she's like, you know, she's been so many people's first that this was like she just so happened to have a child and then let the child like go or like, you know, something like I thought that was going to come back to that. And it, again, it's another one of those that nothing ever came out of that, that movie. So. Oh, Brad, I, I I just want to pat you on the head for trying to assume that Young Guns was going to do some sort of deep character pathos. Oh, yeah. But on, but you know what? That's that's why we do these trilogies the way we do them so that, you know, we can watch some of these older movies through a modern lens and you can't help but expect more mm-hmm. until you get to the end of the movie. And you're like, oh, OK, no, that was it. Just ankle deep character development. Ooh, I don't even know if it's ankle deep. i think right now we're just looking at the pool thinking if we should dip our toe in but um but yeah so i think that about wraps us up for this um ultimately like i said i I thought it was an interesting trilogy it's uh it's definitely one of those where you assume if you're gonna make an ensemble movie like i assume that's where most of the budget goes in an ensemble movie because you've got so many act like larger name actors that um you're you're paying a lot of them out like i guess you know the probably most expensive ensemble movies are the avenger movies and stuff like that but at the end of the day i i thought um they they were pretty well pretty well done young guns again it fell short for me um again i if i had seen it back in you know the 90s or something like that as a kid maybe I, i would feel differently about it but just again not being able to necessarily take off that modern lens i just i was expecting there's so many opportunities in that movie that were just you know low-hanging fruit that were lost that i uh it was kind of unforgivable from my my perspective Uh, unforgivable uh funny Mm. you say that unforgiven comes like three years after young guns and to my (laughs) mind is the last great western so yep so Alrighty, sir well if you don't have anything else i think we'll uh we'll call it there Absolutely. Uh, we've uh, we've got some plans for the next trilogy. We're going to finalize them, so I don't think we're going to announce them here quite yet. But yeah, just uh, stay tuned in your feeds and uh, reap it, Murphy, you son of a bitch. Reap the whirlwind. Bye. See ya. Keep your hands off my lobby, boy.